This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. In the program this week, we discussed New Zealand cricket's handling of the debacle over Ross Taylor's effective sacking as Black Caps captain. The London Olympic gold medal winners Joe Alley and Olivia Powery confirmed they'll be back on the water in Rio. The International Rugby Board's Player of the Year, All Black Dan Carter, reflects on the season. And it's a big weekend for New Zealand lawn bowler Shannon McElroy as he chases a world title in Adelaide. The head of New Zealand cricket concedes it's handled the ousting of Ross Taylor as captain of the Black Caps poorly, but Chief Executive David White says he needed to go to improve the side's performance. Brendan McCullum will captain the side on the upcoming tour of South Africa after Taylor rejected a split captaincy option and has withdrawn altogether from the tour. White was at an International Cricket Council meeting in Dubai when it became public that coach Mike Hessen had told Taylor he wanted him to step down as the limited overs captain. We uh, regret the way the review has been, um, particularly the captaincy has been played out publicly. Uh, but, but in saying that, um, and, and listen, I put my hand up, I, I wanted to uh, be in the country um, to front this. As CEO, I think it's an important issue, and, and I wanted to... Um, meet with, with Ross Taylor, so I thought that was very important to do that in person. So, um, yes, it has not been ideal, but in saying that, um, it's, it's been a challenging sec- set of circumstances, but um, I wanted to be here to front it and take responsibility. It, it left quite a vacuum, didn't it? Yes, it did, and, and, and you know, and, and something that we'll look at going forward, but, but Stephen, like I said before, you know, I, I, um, I, I wanted to front it. Unfortunately, I, I was in Dubai, and... Um, you know, it did create a vacuum, but but I you know I put my hand up and something that I wanted to take responsibility for. Did you know that Mike Hesson was going to, well, ask Ross Taylor to, to stand down after that one day series? Oh, there, there were discussions, um, and he was considering that. Um, so, you know, there, there were on, ongoing discussions, and I, and I was aware that there was a uh, there were meetings taking place. Yes. Do you think that it was not the best time to do it, given you're about to go into a, a test match series? Um, the, the, the challenge, obviously, was with a very short turnaround between um, Sri Lanka and South Africa, and uh, you know, was was difficult. Um, Would it not have been better sorry, though sorry, to, can, to sorry, wait? Sorry, sorry, Stephen, can I just answer, answer that? Um, the, diff- the difficulty is that these things take a little bit of time. Um, Mike. Um, wanted to put forward a recommendation. He wanted to tell um, Ross in advance so he didn't hear it from a third party. Um, and, and, and that was, um, you know, that, that's what took place. So, um, you know, difficult. Um, they, they agreed after they had the discussion, you know, to focus on the test match. But um, that, that's a situation that we had. Um, short turnaround and um, in between Sri Lanka and South Africa. But was it, would it still not have been better when a side's preparing for a test match to have waited until after the tour was completed? Uh, that, that is the ideal situation, but it's a very short turnaround uh, in between. I think it's ten days between the tours, and you need to. Yeah, but that's go, more go than through. the four so, days that there was ahead of that first test. 
when you've got someone saying to you that I want to take the captaincy away from you? Well, that's not my understanding of the of the discussion. It was the discussion was that he was recommending some change, and subsequently, subsequently, the recommendation was to retain uh, Ross as test captain um, and introduce a new ODI and um, short form captain. The problem seems to have been the communication of that as well, doesn't there? Because Ross Taylor has obviously come away with the impression that Mike Hesson wanted to take all three forms of the captaincy away from him. Yeah, well, that's not consistent with the, the conversations I've had with Mike, uh, Mike Hesson. Why does Ross Taylor need to, to go? Oh, well, the, the recommendation was, uh, you know, from Mike Hesson was that he felt that um, he needed to develop, um, continue to develop as a test captain. Um, our performances in all three forms have been poor of late. We are now ranked ninth in the world in ODI cricket. We've won a lot, five of the last 30 games against top uh, top eight teams, um, and we need to improve. Uh, and Mike Hesson's recommendation was that you know an area to get improvement was for Ross to focus on the test captaincy, share the load, and, and Brendan McCallum to do ODI and T20. Because several people I've spoken to that, that are obviously close to the players or close to the game have talked about almost a mafia-type situation with players like Dan Vittori, Jacob Orham, Kyle Mills carrying a load of a lot of sway and not being Ross Taylor fans. Well, that's, um, you know, that's incorrect. This decision and recommendation has come from Mike Hesson and has not been influenced by players. How is cricket going to repair its image? Um, It's been a challenging time. I mean, what we need to do is get out on the field and we need to perform. Um, Our performance has been very disappointing and ultimately we need to win cricket games. And ultimately the coach, Mike Hesson, myself as CEO and other people in New Zealand cricket are accountable and um, we need to win. The problem you've got too, isn't it, that this whole issue over captaincy has diverted attention from what may well be, or are, bigger problems of the whole performance issue? Um, well, I think that what we're trying to do here is we're trying to ad- address the problems of the performance, and this is a recommendation of the coach to, to head in that direction. But the whole captaincy debate, do you think, has, has removed or, or taken the the focus away from performance? Um, I, I think it's one of, the, you know, one of the solutions. I mean, two weeks ago, um, after the first Test match, um, people were calling for blood on, on, on poor, poor performance, and we said that we would undergo a review. And as part of the review, the recommendation is to um, split the captaincy. So I, I think this is directly linked to um, future performance. It's ironic, though, is it not, that the, the, the player that does perform possibly the best out of that that test or the second test is the one that's gone and he was offered um, the test captaincy um, I think there's a difference between Ross Taylor um, player Ross Taylor captain I mean Ross Taylor is our preeminent batsman outstanding batsman um, ranked eighth in the ICC rankings um, and he was offered the test captaincy and it was a view of Mike Hesson for him to focus on that area um, and, and to improve the short form of the game was to uh, share the workload uh, to get uh, Brendan McCallum in there in charge, who's he's a very good experience in short-form cricket, and to um, to take the workload and head in that area. Is there a concern that Ross Taylor's going to be lost, that he could be lost to the, the Black Caps for good now? I don't think so. Um, 
you know, I, I spent a lot of time with Ross Talley yesterday. Um, we considered a number of options, um, and, and you know, he decided on this option to take a break. Um, I'm very confident that he will be back, uh, ready to play England in the new year. Can you see though that that's, or well, how can that relationship work in a, in a test match environment, given what's gone on? Relationship between who? Well, for Brenda McCullum and and Ross Taylor, for a start. Well, I think if you look at um, Ross Taylor's press release, um, he, uh, uh, sorry, Ross Taylor's press release, he has wished um, Brendan McCullum all, all the best and, and uh, every success. Uh, Brendan McCullum uh, has been very loyal to Ross Taylor over the six months, 16 months that he's been captain. I don't see that as an issue at all. I was talking to the Chief Executive of New Zealand Cricket, David White. New Zealand's Olympic champion sailors Joe Alley and Ilver Powery are to stay together for the defence of their 470 title at the Rio Olympics in 2016. The pair won gold at the London Games this year and after much discussion have decided to carry on. Alley and Powery have enjoyed their time off since the Games but have always been thinking about what next. Barry Guy spoke to Alley and asked her why they came to their decision. Yeah, I mean, it took, took a bit of time to, to figure it out. We sort of had to be sure that, you know, we, we wanted to do it and wanted to do it properly because if, if you're going to put the four years in, you know, you want to you want to put everything into it and making sure we still have that passion and that drive and, you know, we, we think we do. So, you know, we're looking forward to doing it again. I imagine, you know, four years of your life, it's uh, pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, parts of it are tough, but, I mean, other parts, we're, we're really lucky we're to do what we do and we, we enjoy the sailing and the competition and, oh, yeah, just keen to stick at it. Would you change? Are you going to change much? Um, I think we will have to change a bit. I mean, we can't just roll out what we've done for the last few years again. You know, it just doesn't really doesn't really work like that. There's different different things you need to learn and different things to work on. So, yeah, I mean, it will look different in the next four years, but we're sort of just starting that process of figuring out what that is. What part did winning the gold medal have in your decision? Because I imagine you know, some may say, "Well, we've done it now," sort of thing. Um, yeah, I guess we never really looked at it as that wasn't. I mean, the end goal was obviously wanted to do well, but it wasn't really the end. It's just a it's sort of a stepping stone for us. I mean, obviously we won the gold, but that doesn't change what we want to do next. Obviously, hopefully, it makes it a bit easier. You know, I've been lucky enough to get a few people involved now, like Apollo down in Christchurch, you know, helping us out, and should make you know the next four years a bit easier. So, in that in that sense, it does. It does change a bit, but it doesn't change what we're trying to do at all. Uh, I know elite athletes get some support, but as you say, being a gold medalist, uh, you may get more sponsors on board. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely finding it a little bit easier. I mean, it's sort of a hard thing in New Zealand that you don't really get you don't get a lot of help until you get results, and it's very hard to get results when you don't have help. So, I guess we're lucky enough to have got to where we have now that you know it should be a bit easier. So do you look back at uh, this year, have you sort of, is it sunk in what, what you actually managed to achieve this year? Um, I guess in some way it has, you know, we always just looked at it as, you know, the Olympics was just another regatta, and it was a regatta we wanted to win, but we, we sort of did that, and it's still a bit, it hasn't really sunk in that we got these gold medals from it, and, you know, that, that was such a big thing, but yeah, it's a bit weird. And because it, it got a bit tense there for a while. I mean, that last, that middle round, there was a bit of match racing involved there, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, that, that last race, or that even points, middle race to finish, match race to finish was, oh, that year was a, it was a cool way to finish in the fact that, you know, whoever, who beat who won the gold. So 
it was it was nice to go out like that. But yeah, it was, it was a bit tense at times. And so, um, did your life change? Gold medalists, you know, coming back to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, our lives have definitely been been a bit different. You know, a lot a lot more things on that we wouldn't normally go to, or yeah, not not the normal sort of you know same training starts recently, but. Looking forward to getting back into that soon. Oh, so uh, being in the limelight, perhaps not really your sort of thing. Oh, I mean, a bit of it's good, and it's definitely some different experiences and some different different people to talk to, which is quite cool. But yeah, I mean, I do enjoy the training, and that's sort of why we do it. So yeah, looking forward to getting back to work a bit. Did you have you managed to you know a decent break? Um, I've had a, had a bit of a break from sailing, but um. Yeah, looking forward to really Christmas and the New Year. Yeah, some time to just have a bit of time out and see the family and, yeah, relax. I imagine Christmas holidays, something perhaps you don't normally do? Oh, no, not, not having sort of such a long Christmas holidays, I think. It's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be a, a really good break. And we know we sort of, we don't, it's not like we have an event straight in the New Year. So we've got a bit of time to build into training and, yeah. So, as a matter of getting the fitness up, what is your uh, sort of immediate program? Oh, we're still we're still doing a bit of cross training and just keeping sort of basic fitness levels and strength because if, if you let that go completely, it's a, it's a bit hard to get back. But yeah, in terms of sort of time on the water, that's what we'll start getting really back into in the new year. So, have you done much sailing since London? Uh, we've been out a few times in sort of different boats, but we've only been out once in the four seventy. Uh, so, did you consider changing classes? Yeah, yeah, we, we had a look at the different classes. Obviously, another class we sort of could have gone to, but we sort of came to the conclusion that you know we're just a little bit far behind, and we're not sure if we could do it, you know, really properly in that new class. You sort of always always be scrambling and always trying to make up time, whereas you know there's still things we haven't ticked off in the four seventy. I mean, we've never won a world champ yet, so. Yeah, some more things to try to do over the next four years. That's Olympic sailing champion Joe L.A. talking to Barry Guy. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. The All Blacks' near-perfect year has been recognised by their sweep of the major honours at the International Rugby Board's Awards Dinner in London earlier this week. Two days after their surprise loss to England, Daniel Carter was named Player of the Year for the second time, Steve Hansen was named Coach of the Year and the All Blacks' Team of the Year. Despite the final hiccup against England, Carter says 2012 was a successful year. It's been pretty good, to be honest. Uh, there was obviously you know, a bit of disappointment last year and having you know, such a serious injury at, in the middle of the World Cup that after getting over the disappointment, I really wanted to make the most of the, the next 12 months and you know, try and get some return to form and you know, be back playing in, in the all-black jersey because when you have a serious injury, you're never too sure if you're going to be able to do that or not. So... You know, I've been happy with uh, you know the success we've had this year. You know, with, with the All Blacks, and you know, found a bit of form at you know various stages of the season. And you know, to be part of such a, a strong All Black side is you know, it's been great. You've been part of the All Blacks since 2003. Where does this All Black side rate in terms of all-time greats that you've played in? Well, I think it'd be you know right up there to be honest. Um, you know, to have such a successful year off the back of what happened last year, I think that really adds to, to what we've achieved this year. Normally, World Cup winning sides have a pretty slow following year, um, but that one was a real focus for us to to play better and improve our game and and be even a better side than we were last year. And, and I think we've, you know, 
done that this year. You know, we've had our, our challenges, but you know, we've stepped up to, to those challenges. A lot of new faces have come into the side, and you know, it's just a, a great balance, and you know, it's a great side to be a part of. Now, obviously, you've had a change of coach, Steve Hansen, taking over from Graham Henry. How's that transition been? Yeah, it's been it's been great. You know, for guys that have been in the squad for a while, you know, the coaching trio under Graham Henry was a was a fantastic, uh, you know, coaching coaching staff, and you know, learned a lot from those guys. And obviously, Steve was a part of that coaching group. Um, but now he's you know taken on the the head coaching role and got a couple of new guys and Ozzy McLean and Ian Foster, who you know in, I work you know pretty closely with in charge of the attack and, and the backs, and he's brought some some real freshness you know, to the side, and you know we're really enjoying the environment, and and that's led by by Steve, who you know he's been fantastic. And for us observers, I guess what makes your side so great is you know you always seem to make the right decision in attack. Is that something that's that's sort of trained into you, or is that something when you're growing up that you just look to do speed of thought and, and execution? Well, I think it's a bit of both. Um, you know, you grow up just throwing the ball around, so there's a bit of natural flair and, and most sort of Kiwi rugby players. And, and then, you know, at this level, you know, you can't just throw the ball around and you know expect to score tries. So you know, there's got to add a little bit of structure and, and discipline around that as well. So it's it's a balance of, of the both. But you know, when we get opportunities, we want to make the most of uh, most of them and you know if there's uh, there's space we, we want to attack it and you know we all back our skills to, to be able to, to do whatever it takes to, to get over the line. And in your experience is that something which you know a new team can just do or does that take time to develop? I think it you know it takes a bit of time to develop but you know it just means you, you've got to work hard and you know you can can you know teach uh, you know teach skills you know on players and a lot has to do with the combinations as well, working closely with the guys around you so they know what you're thinking and know what you like to do so you can you know, feed off one another. Now, obviously 2011 was a fantastic year for the All Blacks, but how difficult was it for you personally? It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty challenging year, 2011. Obviously was really looking forward to, to the World Cup at home and, and being a part of that. And, and, you know, I was still part of that and, and enjoyed uh, the World Cup obviously didn't go as smoothly as I would have liked. So there was uh, some mixed emotions there. You know, come you know, the World Cup final, you know, I would have uh, loved to be out there and be a part of it. That was my dream. That's, you know, what I wanted to do. But because of, uh, you know, my groin injury, I had to, to sit in the stands and watch that. Um, but I was just so proud of, the, proud of the team. You know, I know how hard they'd worked for that and the pressure that they were under. So to be able to to finally sort of lift the, the World Cup again after you know, so long in front of our home people was a huge, huge moment and, and just so very proud of the boys. But at the same time, you know, I would have uh, you know, given up anything to, to be out there on the field at that moment. And would you say you were more nervous watching it than you would have been if you were playing in it? Yeah, I was ten times uh, more nervous watching it. Uh, I'm not a good watcher of... Uh, you know the game. I prefer to be out there playing. That's where I feel I, I have my control. Uh, so having to sit there and watch it and, and having no sense of control was uh, was a tough experience for me. But um, yeah, they, they did the job. And the desire to you know win the World Cup is that what fueled you to sign a new deal to through to the next one? Uh, no, it wasn't to be honest. Uh, obviously, I'm really enjoying playing my rugby in New Zealand at the moment and you know renegotiated. 
renegotiated a, a new contract, which uh, you know has worked out pretty well. Um, you know, so I have a bit of flexibility in that. You know, if I want to stay in New Zealand, then I can, which is is great to know. But obviously, if things change, I have a bit of flexibility, which is good. I'm just concentrating more on sort short term, uh, short term goals, and not looking too far into the future. The next 12 months, what, what's that going to see for Dan Carter? I haven't looked too far ahead of uh, you know this season. You know, I'm just going to enjoy the break. You know, uh, enjoy the New Zealand summer and, and then refocus and and hopefully, you know, there's going to be some similar success to, to what we had this year. Obviously, what drives me is to to put on the black jersey and um, you know to do that. You know, I have to be playing well, so I have to continue to to improve my skills. There's a lot of competition uh, around at the moment, which is is great. So. Working hard, getting you know, back in the black jersey and, and playing, playing well for my country. That's All Blacks first five, Dan Carter. The New Zealand lawn bowler Shannon McElroy has reached the men's single semi-finals at the World Champs in Adelaide. He trounced Malcolm D'Souza from Jersey 21-3 in the quarter-final and will now play world number two, Australia's Leif Selby, on Sunday for a place in the final. McElroy told me he's feeling quite at home on the Adelaide Greens. I suppose I've been a little bit fortunate that I come over a couple of months prior to this event, so... Um, had a chance to play on the greens um, for a couple of months, but obviously um, they sort of groomed them a few weeks out, so they all changed, but just getting used to the environment and stuff like that has definitely paid dividends, really. How, have you played much against Leif Selby before? Oh, we've had, he's probably been my uh, rival from Australia for the last few years now. We've probably had about nine or ten games, and there's not much difference between uh, the wins and losses between us two, so it seems to go in little wee groups, though. Like, uh, you know, when I played him in the first sort of three games, I got him, and then he sort of beat me the, the next three, then I beat him a couple, then he beat me the last couple. So, yeah, we've been sort of uh, had some tight tussles, really, over the last three years. So, hopefully, you get him back a, another one um, with you. When was the last time you came up against him? Uh, I played him in the first game of the section um, of this, this campaign. So, um, and he, he beat me um, in the very first round. So, um I'll be looking to get one back. You didn't have much of a workout in your quarterfinal, did you? Well, no, it was, it was quite quite strange. The other guys sort of didn't really find the rink that well. They it was very very quick. They double rolled it before we played, so I jumped on it a bit early. So didn't really give him much chance to settle into a, a rhythm. He was always under pressure, so I was pretty pleased with the way I went about my business. Really, is there much of a difference between the way you play and the way Leaf plays? Um. Oh. Not really. We um, we play a real aggressive game, um, so we try and just maximise on all the opportunities to sit bowls out before, or move a couple of bowls, or convert. That's sort of our, our game. Very similar. Um, probably the only thing Leif's just a. I suppose he comes across as a lot quieter in general, but on the green he's, you can really see his determination and grit. To um, he's quite a he's got a lot of mongrel, I suppose you can say. Um, so yeah, it should be it should be a bit of a cracker, really. Does it take much adjusting? The, these greens are they very different to the ones in New Zealand? Oh, for sure, the characteristics of the greens are completely different. Um, I mean, playing here for a while now, it sort of becomes quite normal. Um, see, when I go back home, I probably struggle for a little while because played on something completely different for a few months. Uh, but they're nice. The greens are nice. It allows to, you know if they um, if they play really well, they're, they're pretty true and allows for uh, good converting players to play there.
play the game and away you go. What about the conditions? How are you coping? Because there's been some a few hot days there, close to 40 degrees, and a bit breezy at times too. Well, let's just say the uh, colour of my skin has uh, really gone quite dark. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been pretty warm, and uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been beautiful. We haven't had many real rubbish days. We had a couple in a row which were pretty cold, but the majority of the tournament's been pretty warm, so uh, it's, been, it's been really nice to play in, actually. You're quite happy with the heat? Yeah, don't mind it. Once you're out there on the green, you, you don't really think about it as much, really, because you're concentrating on what you have to do. And yeah, so I don't, you know, it's been, been fantastic as you would have. Now, obviously, a fairly decent-sized group of New Zealand supporters there, and the, with the the Australians backing the locals, no doubt. Is it pretty pretty rowdy? How much how much of an effect does the crowd have on you when you're playing? Oh, it's, it's, it's I mean, I, I suppose most people say you just try and block the crowd out, but. You definitely can hear everything that everyone's saying. You can hear a pin drop, really, and then in the audience, you're that alert on what's happening, or the support on the far side of the green, and then the other side, you can you can hear them from a mile away. So inside, you feel really, really good. You know, it sort of helps you keep happy and keep going and keep the ball rolling. Really, now it's really good. Confident you can uh, can advance to to the finals. Um, I'm very excited about the opportunity to play them again. Um, I suppose it's all on the day that. Whoever plays the best is, is going to win. Um, but I've got, you know, just the same as in heaps of motivation now to, you know, even though he's beaten me the last couple of games, it, it adds a little bit extra incentive for me to get him, get up on him and also a chance to win a gold medal that, you know, not not a lot of people get that option to. So um, really looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, if I play well on the day, I'm confident I can, no matter who I play, I, I can beat that's New Zealand bowler Shannon McElroy. And that brings us to the end of Extra Time for another week. Remember, if you wish to contact us, you can email us at sport at radionz.co.nz. I'm Stephen Hewson. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.